in subterranean depths. A prehistoric world awaits. Just keep swimming in the Meg. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. I was hoping for even more prehistoric animals than that one in the the intro, especially once we saw that. Ooh, well, we got yeah, an octopus. We did. That was exciting, and well, the sequel looks like it might have or a squid. Yeah, it was, it was a squid. Eric, have you seen the preview for the next one? Now that yeah. you've seen this, thanks for thanks for correcting me. But yeah, I saw a little bit. Thanks for correcting me before Henry, the host, wrote in and corrected <laughs> me. So he was already typing. He was. He was already typing away. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for more. It looks like there might be more creatures in the next one. I'm excited for that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, I will probably see that when it comes to streaming. Yeah, right. for the podcast. But then again, maybe we'll have to cover it for this that's podcast. Right. We might that's have right. to, right? We might have to cover a giant monster movie for the podcast. That's for sure. So, okay. Uh, anyway. Welcome back to the Monster vs. Men podcast. This is the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airways, where two friends try to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies. This week, we are discussing The Meg. With me today is the wannabe shark killer himself, yeah. Alex. I'm joined by that man dying in an exploding submarine, Eric. Wow. I see how you feel, Alex. See how you feel. Hey, I left you behind to save others, okay? I got it. Just keep that in mind. Okay. Alex, when it comes to shark movies, Eric, are you a fan of Jaws? Which we might cover at some point in this, in this uh, show. Jaws is great. Yeah. Jaws is an excellent movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. I wanted to see it. It is 40th anniversary. Um, release in theaters last year, I think it was, and I, I missed it. And I regretted it ever since. Great movie going experience. Yeah, yeah, it it definitely would be, and I, I regret not going to it. Like, there's been other releases, like that they did Return of the Jedi, or I think a couple weeks ago, but I don't care about that mm-hmm. as much as I would for some reason Jaws. <laughs> mm. It's not like it, I love Jaws. It's not, but it's not like I hold it in that kind of esteem. Yeah, I've heard great things about Jaws. Right. And like uh, that movie going experience and even in these like re-releases, uh, people just have a great time with Jaws. There's a whole subgenre of shark films. We've thought about a shark series before, mm-hmm. Alex. Um, it's an interesting genre. Like when you think about monster as like a giant form of something real world. Right. Um, and some being like Jaws is just a very big, great white shark that seems to have a will of its own right um mm-hmm. it's an interesting subgenre of monster as well i think that we haven't i'm trying to think of other films that we might have covered that would be like that um but that's huh. that's kind of a subgenre, like cocaine bear right <laughs> yeah not that we covered cocaine bear but i yeah. mean I, <clears throat> I see what you're saying like the the completely wild normal animal maybe yeah. enhanced in size a little bit mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we we, we, could, we should do the realistic series <laughs> where we just cover all animals of normal sizes. Yeah, anaconda, right? Um, Ooh, uh, don't want yeah. none unless. <laughs> well, let's get into this, Alex. Uh, we could we could keep <laughs> brainstorming these types of films. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. Our good friend Batagor is creating a series for us right now, hopefully, of of these types oh, of films. Yeah. Now he did. I think, I think he even stated though that um, he do, is not a big fan of like the giant. I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, animal genre exactly. of movie, right? But they mm-hmm. did enjoy. Well, the let's Meg. see if we enjoy the Meg. Let's jump in, shall we? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. 2018's The Meg contains all the features of a sci-fi channel classic, except it isn't. Campy characters, cheesy dialogue, and over-the-top effects. <laughs> Despite the sci-fi channel feel, The Meg features some upper-tier, B-tier actors and a pretty hefty budget. So the question becomes, does this approach make The Meg a chummy delight, or does it lack the bite to give it much of a fright? Yeah, this is a really hard one to sort out for me. I I have a variety of conflicting feelings here that pull me in several directions, sometimes on the exact same topic. And I'm like, I don't know quite where to land on some of it. Like things like the casting of Jason Statham. Yeah. I think are actually perfect for the movie. And it, he really works well for me. How dare you call that man B tier, by the way? He's 100% and a B tier actor. Oh, don't do that to Jason. He, he's, um, a, he's a top tier. Then, he's a top tier B tier actor. Oh, my goodness. Then there's the atrocious pacing. Yeah. But then there's the Chinese influence on the film that is, quite frankly, very detrimental <laughs> to a lot of the aspects of it because mm-hmm. it makes a lot of elements here feel shoehorned in. And then there is the atrocious pacing, you know, like especially the first hour it's like, Oh, I thought the movie was over and then it's not. And there's elements of that that I like, but it's weird. Like that first half feels like a complete movie, but then the second half makes itself known and it's quite a ride maybe even better than the i mean i would say probably better than the first half and but i'm many minds of this there's so many elements that i'm in love with i hate and i am very confused by so back to your question it's both a chummy delight and it lacks some bite yeah i'm with you i have a tough time parsing out what i think about this one um and this might not be fair, Alex, but because we watched it just a few weeks ago, I have this inclination to compare it to Reign of Fire, <laughs> which feels like a weird comparison, but there's a reason for it, right? And, and when I f- compare the two, the Meg feels cold and detached. It's an experiment of pushing the boundaries of irony to see how much it can get away with while still keeping its audience. It has that insincere feel of detachment that was completely absent from Reign of Fire. But to be fair, I think it gets away with a lot of that because honestly, 
I enjoyed this movie, uh, many moments of this movie, without pretentious condemnations or scoffs. <laughs> so, in short, I'm very mixed. So, let's just get into the characters, first of all. Um, and maybe I can explain these feelings a bit more. But what do you think of the numerous characters here? Yeah, numerous is certainly probably the best way to describe this. Yeah. I mean, w- uh, characters range from really well done to inconsistent but lovable to, oh, China funded the film, so I guess you're invited. It's kind of all over the place. Again, I, I, I think Statham is perfect for the film. Actually, he's so perfect for it that he is perfect for both halves of the film with each of their identities and what they want to yeah. be. Right. And he's not alone, though, in that. I really like Mac and his ex-wife, Lori. I think they're really well acted and really interesting characters with very, they, they make uh, Jason Statham's Jonas more interesting because they clearly have a background with them, but also they're very personable and likable characters. Mm-hmm. I think the nerds, I think they're fine. You know, Toshi is good. He's got the big sacrifice. He, he just mm-hmm. looks like a sweetheart. The wall, he's okay. He's funny. Um, you you kind of feel for him, and then he just kind of bites it out of nowhere in the middle, which is fine. It's a nice little moment of shock value when the movie really does kind of turn itself on its head that I like. Mm-hmm. And DJ is all over the place. Yeah. He, the funny thing is, though, is while he seems disingenuous a lot of the time and kind of shoehorned into the film... He does have one of the most genuine moments in the film where instead of doing his like routine like comedy bit, he actually had, like comments that he just lost both of his friends. I'm like, wow, that actually felt like a genuine moment <laughs> there wow. wrapped around some disingenuous stuff. Um, that being said, I think the Chinese actors do okay. Um, but the problem here is that their performances, I don't feel, are great. I do think they grow on you uh, the more they're in the film. And I think that, um, uh, obviously, the girl, the little girl, uh, Sophia, is, <clears throat> she's adorable, right? Mm-hmm. But some of her acting is a little choppy. Sometimes I buy it in the emotion a lot more. And then in another scene, it's like, oh, I didn't. What was that? Like you, Gam- you, you just read the words off the page. For me right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I, but Zhang, I think I buy pretty well, but really it's Suyin who I think I might have the most problems with. Mm. I do feel like the acting there uh, is detrimental to the character because her character I mm-hmm. like, but the, it's just the acting is so stiff. I feel like. Yeah. Um, And even when she's like having a quippy line between her and Jonas, I'm not quite buying that she is that type of character at times or maybe that type of person. And she just doesn't work for me. Um, But I do think that this is like the perfect example of a film with a mixed bag of characters 
Because I genuinely cannot believe that one person or one organization casted all of these people. I mean, we even have Rain Wilson actually cast really well as this jerk CEO character. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. what is like, what is this? Like, you nailed it so hard, but then it's clear that when you got your funding, there was some fine print there that you had to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's where some of my problems come in. What about you? I, I had no idea about any sort of Chinese influence. So I like, I didn't look at it through that lens whatsoever. Um, but that, that's interesting to, to know. Well, that's why you see flags. Oh, yeah. That's why you see Chinese flags no, everywhere. I get it. I, and the production company at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. But I just didn't, didn't think about it really. Um, yeah. I, I, I like, it's interesting that I, I thought it was interesting in, in a good way. That we had that Asian female lead, I, like I was like, this is different, right? Um, but yeah. in in an interesting, unique sort of way, I didn't think she was. I didn't think that I, I'm I'm with you. I don't think the acting was the best there, but I, I thought well, she's not someone we've seen before too, so it's yeah. refreshing to see a new. Yeah, actor. exactly. The character was was interesting, and um, it was just an interesting dynamic. So. Um, I was intrigued by that. But as I alluded to in my intro, the characters here are outlandish. But I think they are carried by some pretty decent B-moving acting, if I'm being honest. There's some I liked more than others. I, I did like DJ of the nerd crew the best. Um, and yeah, I, I could appreciate some of those performances. But I want to get back to one of the things you said earlier, actually, Alex, which is the pacing. This comparison is going to make this movie seem really awful. And apparently I just want to compare this movie to others today. Okay. But Plan 9 from Outer Space. No, no. We, we mentioned, no, I know. We mentioned in that film that we enjoyed the first 30 minutes because it was just so off the wall. And we we're like, what is going on? This is like so wild. But as it progressed and it became longer and longer, we couldn't wait for it to be over. <laughs> Now, I, I wouldn't say I couldn't wait for this movie to be over, but I feel that this movie is similar and that it's just far too long. I enjoy pieces of this film, but for what it is, it's entirely too long. When I when I thought of I was watching The Meg this week, I was like, oh, nice, a 90-minute film, right, that uh, won't take up mo much of my evening. Uh. No, I mean, it's two hours, you know, like it's it's – bigger movie than it needs to be every sequence for me can be trimmed from the intro to the first meg hunt to the beach scene which first shark movie the beach scene kind of underwhelmed me to be mm -hmm. honest to the finale there are two movies in this you're right about that alex there are two movies and i, I don't know if it's I, yeah i don't know if that works right i think that one movie ends after they kill the first meg mm -hmm. <laughs> And then another movie begins when the second bigger Meg appears, right? Mm -hmm. um, it feels like those are two movies here. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And that's kind of, I'll hit on my last couple negative points here, kind of harping on that. And then I, I, I do have some good things, other good things to say. You know, the, I agree. The pacing is absolutely terrible. And like you said, if you split this movie up, right there where between shark one and shark two, I think it works a lot better. Luckily CC did fall asleep at that exact moment. And so we actually had to watch it in two settings like that, there you go. which I definitely think it helped, but 
this is a movie, right? And that's not how it's structured. So we can't treat it like that. And yes, it did feel way too long because by the time that second shark shows up, I feel like I've watched the entire film and it's only been an hour. (laughs) Now, Mm -hmm. that being said, I will say the second half of the movie, much, much faster paced. And it goes by in a breeze compared to the first half. But this is like you said, Eric, you mentioned that you were owed underwhelmed by the finale, by the beach scene. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, it's, and the carnage is fun that it's like eating all these people in one go. And it feels weird to say this because I'm, I'm a big defender of PG 13. I'm okay with things that are typically R rated being PG 13. If it's handled well, I said that for AVP. I said that for for World War Z, this is not the case here. This needed to be R. To really understand the horror and the carnage that this thing is kind of unleashing everywhere, we needed blood everywhere at the beach scene. Like, it needed to be completely horrifying. <laughs> well, we needed to see the deaths of some characters, too. And But we just don't get that, you know. I think shark movies really benefit from an R rating, actually. But I think that's because of like how real that the fear of the shark is for anyone that goes in the ocean. Um, even if it's unlikely, it's still something that anyone who gets in the water thinks about. And so I think the R rating really pushes the, the fear there to a very real level. And I'm sure there are exceptions to a PG-13 shark movie. I have no doubt that someone could probably point one to me and be like, this is a good one. Uh, okay, whatever. But I think in general, and for this movie, R would have helped. Yeah. Now, I did want to end on some stuff that I really liked. And I actually, this is so weird to say. Again, this is part of me saying that I was being pulled in, in multiple different directions. Um. I actually love the first half of the film mm-hmm. and th- because I, I like that it's entirely in the trench. I did not expect that when I watched it for the first time, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe how long we were down there and not in a bad way. Uh, maybe I, I mean, I th- you said you cut down well, most scenes that, a little bit. Right. It's, it's not in a bad way the- until the movie lingers and becomes a much longer movie than it needs to be. Right. It's fine in itself, mm. but when it, when it, when you consider the whole it is entirely too long when you consider the whole. Uh, when you compound, yeah. when because it, it compounds for sure. because it, everything. But by itself, it's not. Okay. It's, it's fine. Um, like honestly, I was fine with the pacing then. But then, when, whenever it got to the end of that, I was like, "Oh my gosh, that was a whole movie, and we're not halfway done with the movie." Yeah, 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 exactly. But I loved the trench, and I loved all that. All, most of the elements of this film are for obvious reasons, maybe not so obvious. You could have a lot of this film above water, Mm -hmm. but this film boldly chooses to spend a lot of time underwater. And I think that the trench scenes, the intensity there is really good. Like you definitely feel like people are in jeopardy and well, they are because we actually do kill off a character here. And then the whole scene around the boat, taking out the first Meg is really fun. And then the overwhelming horror of Shark 2 being way bigger 
is great too. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, the last hour is also great. I really like it. But I mean, it really needed blood. But <laughs> I, I, when you add all those out up, it sounds like a really great movie from stem to stern. But the way it's cobbled together, it just is too much. And it needed to be condensed down, and it needed to be uh, a th- something needed to be cut or short. I don't know. I can't piece it together, Eric, mm. because I like everything here, but it's just not done. It's not stitched together very well. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> true. It's true. Well, I, 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 I'll, it's yeah, true. Yeah, I'm positive here. I, I really enjoyed okay, the overtop action, and I enjoyed the overtop action and the effects in this film. It's the main reason I stuck with it, honestly. I mean, I've never seen a movie that has a final monster death blow quite like this one. If Again, I compare it to Rain of Fire. <laughs> this time, our crazy hero uh, lives to tell the tale of his outrageous suicide blow, right? Um, but uh-huh. beyond that, the underwater shots, which are always difficult to pull off, are pretty Very awesome nice. here. I mean... Mm-hmm. This film has the best shark effects since we watched Zombie 2, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also a a big fan of the slow (laughs) buildups. And we get a couple of those overhead shots, right? And just seeing the mass and size of this monster, it's fun to watch. No matter how outlandish it it, it is, Alex. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you get that overhead shot and you just see like a little human in comparison to the meg underneath it it's just menacing and fun right uh yeah so alex i think i've been i've been nice in this review despite some complaints i have i think you've been a little harsher than me but just don't get me started on the dog just oh pippin don't don't even get started on the dog. I, if you go if you if you are a long time left to the show and then there's dogs involved in the movies it's usually not a thing that i appreciate Hey, so, Pippin lived, man. The dog. It's not about living. It's actually not about living. It's about the manipulation of emotions through the use of a dog. Oh my don't gosh. Like it. it was funny. Don't get me started. It was funny. See, that's the Sorry. thing is, I didn't feel emotion, emotionally manipulated because I was laughing. Because this was oh, I didn't feel emotionally manipulated either. Like, I really was like, this is so silly. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's but, so dumb. It's like so dumb. It's just... <laughs> Anyway, give you a plus to Alex. We uh, what did we talk about? We talked very briefly about my feelings of Guardians of the Galaxy, right. um, but right. really the highlight here is a story that Eric drops on us about a school event. A little, a little a, school story today. Yeah, a little, it was, it was, confrontation today. <laughs> uh, it's a good one. That's a good story. Principal Eric has to lay down the law. A little bit today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. We, we can't really spoil it here. Spoil it. No spoilers. But that's over there at patreon.com forward slash pod where you can become a bargain based mite and listen to our entire archive of MVM Plus episodes. Patreon.com forward slash pod Let's get into our awards though. Alex, compelling character award. What you got? I'm going to give it to Jonas's friends, D'Angelo and Marks. These two guys, they bite the dust early on. But, I, you know, is it, again, Statham, he does a great job. He, he sold me on his friendship with them. 
<laughs> and that they were his best friends. And I wanted to see what the what these guys were like together a little more. You know, I want I want I wanted to I want the prequel. Uh, Marks, Marks, and me, or whatever we can want to call it, or Statham goes and saves people with them. That way, I can really feel the anguish of having to blow them up in a submarine. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> what about you? So, I actually really like Doctor Heller. Um, yeah, Doctor Heller is really set up to be kind of a bad guy. Right, he makes the mistakes at yeah. the beginning of the film, and he is the uh, yin to Jason Statham's yang. And you can tell that there is some real hatred towards from Jonas towards Heller. Um, I mean, he tells him he's gonna beat him up, right? Uh, oh yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, the international waters, the international waters. <laughs> but here's the thing, Doctor Heller. I think the movie could have leaned into this even more. Like this could, it could have been like a, a more sincere part of the movie. He apologizes, right? Yeah. He has a sincere apology and a sincere redemption arc. It's just nice mm-hmm. to see, right? Like in the midst of this movie, there's a sincere moment of, I was wrong. I am sorry. I will get better. And then he does get better and he does the right thing and sacrifices himself. It's cool. I mean, it's good. He's a good character. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He is a good character. I definitely agree. Yeah. It's like, there's, there's, to me, he is like the, yeah, there's something cool there with that character. Some nice moment of goodness in this film. So Dr. Heller, I got to give it up for him. Yeah. Big shout out for you, Dr. Heller. I didn't mention you in my character section but i i do i agree i think he's i think he's a highlight i appreciate that like you said they make him a bad they make him like the bad guy and it's like no he's not he was just doing what he thought was right good if it wasn't yeah for sure uh most memorable line award what you got alex origin crew we are good for insertion oh boy Oh man! I just, I, I just like the nerds' reaction. I, I thought it was like really goofy, but it kind of made you like that crew immediately. Yeah, because of how they all handled yeah. it. They certainly handled it. Funny. <laughs> all right. What uh, about you? It's not about the ones we lose, Alex. It's about the ones we save. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dramatic line by Sue. I don't even know if that's a good line or not. I don't even know what I think about that. But it's just like that. Well, no, I think it's, it's not, just that generic. It's about moving forward, right? It is generic. It's so generic. But I remembered it. <laughs> right? Yeah. It was just off the top of my head. I remember that line. So, most memorable line award goes to it's not about the ones we lose, it's about the ones we save. All right, Eric, what about your Can't Believe That Acting Award? Can't Believe That Acting goes to Rain Wilson um, as Morris. Honestly, at times he sells me that he's like an empathetic billionaire. Yes. (laughs) And that's what's interesting is like he kind of sells it like he actually cares. But then he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. But, But it's like he pulls off 
And I think there's hints of it, like even in his, that's what makes it a good performance is there are hints of it. There's, there's hints of his true character throughout, right? right? And through his performance. And there's also some directing moments there that are good, like in, in editing that are good to show like, this is this true character, but there's some acting moments as well where there's just subtle hints that, yeah, he's a jerk face, uh, <laughs> but yeah. he, he acts as if he is a compassionate supporter several moments and it feels completely sincere except for that um undergirding of him being a jerk face so yeah uh, that that line is like i came here to celebrate with you but instead i'm mourning with you and then he goes and tries to blow up the shark exactly (laughs) exactly uh what about what about you for can't believe that acting uh yeah i'm gonna give it to cliff curtis as mac Cliff Curtis is one of those, I guess he would, yeah, he is a B-tier actor, but he's actually a really great actor. Uh, he definitely deserves more. And I just, I think he's a really small character in here compared to a lot. Uh, I don't even think he's in the, is he even in the the boat scene where they take out the first shark? Like, I don't think he's even there for yeah, that. And he's just a very minor character, really. But he's so well acted that I buy that he cares about Jonas and has that relationship with uh, Lori as well. So shout out to Cliff Curtis. I think he's good in just about everything mm. he's in. Mm. Yeah, honestly, I, I thought about choosing him. So good, good choice. Good choice. Uh, what about your, oh, that's a good shot. Uh, I got to give it to the bite. And that is the moment where the... Uh, Sophia is playing with the ball <laughs> in the mm-hmm. in the lab, and the Meg is like directly yeah. behind her, and it just sits there for a minute, and then it does that bite with her right in the middle of it. I think that's a really cool, cool. shot. It's it's pretty yeah. scary too. Yeah, for sure, that's a good one. Mine is the final blow that I already mentioned <laughs> with the spear through the eye through the brain shot uh, coming oh, out of the yeah. water. Very cool. Uh, yeah, that that's pretty neat. Pretty uh, bad a, if I do say so myself. Yeah, so, right. Uh, unique award, Alex. You have a unique award. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it to the uh, most mm-hmm. shocking event, and that award goes to that poor boy in that <laughs> inflatable ball. Oh man, just. <laughs> Getting inflatable ball boy, <laughs> but the, that's unfortunate. Dude, it was so funny watching that guy just roll funny. over top of yeah. everybody. Like, I mean, it's, I think uh-huh. that those moments, uh, that last hour, is what I think the whole movie mm. wanted to be, but they didn't commit until the end. I know films aren't typically filmed from beginning to end, but it kind of felt like <laughs> this movie was finding its groove along the way of what it really yeah, wanted it feels like to be. That. Um, after the big Meg yeah. showed up. It's interesting. Yeah. And so that, that moment was like genuinely funny for me. And then, and then yeah. when the shark gets it, yeah. you know, I'm sure that little boy was shocked. Now we didn't see him get eaten. So he may have, have launched no into space. Yeah. We have when no that idea. thing pops. <laughs> he might be re-entering Earth's orbit by now. Uh, my unique award is the greatest shark death award. And to me, that goes back to Morris, uh, Rain Wilson's Morris, 
who thinks he's he's mm. he's uh oh, yeah. avoided catastrophe only to be taken out a moment later. <laughs> uh R.I.P. Morris. He <laughs> gets chomped and leaves his hand behind. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and jump into our final thoughts and tiered rating. Alex, I'll go ahead and start. I think you mentioned it, and I, I mean, I was glad it was you that was mentioning it and not me this time. I think the PG-13 aspect of this film does hold it back, but that's not the main reason that I have criticisms towards this film. The main reason is because of right. that um, maybe a slight lack of sincerity that we see in something sort of like Reign of Fire that we really both enjoyed so much a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. We see that lack of, of insincerity here where the main message is a fortune cookie that is kind of sold to us on a platter. Um, it's not about the ones we lose. It's about the mm-hmm. ones we save, right? Um, which is fine, but that that's what the movie is, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, but the effects are awesome. Um, the it's there's some incredibly cool moments. It's an incredibly cool. I think it's for a monster. It's it's really cool playing off of the idea of a monster that we're familiar with. But let's just make it gigantic. I actually like that that concept. So mm-hmm. I'm on board for that uh, and seeing how it unfolds. The pacing something is messed up with it, right? Because I'm kind of with you. I I think like parts work as individual pieces, but they don't work together. So for me, this is a very low gamma tier film. Um, Borders on gamma tier film for me. But I'm going to say it's a gamma tier because there are some aspects that I liked. There are some aspects that I enjoyed. There are casting choices that I thought were great. So, yeah, it's it's a lower tier Gamera film for me. Yeah, for for me, this continues the Godzilla streak. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> this one is definitely a Gamera tier for me. Um, it's probably somewhere in the lower to mid end um, because of mostly the pacing. I think some of the acting can be a little choppy. I think DJ, while likable, is inconsistent through the film, uh, especially the first half. Um, but really, my enjoyment of this film comes down a lot to the set pieces and the final hour of the film, really. I, I think it's very fun. I think the the trench moments are good. Uh, any anything involving action is done well, but like like we've both said now, it's the stitching together of these great moments that really is messed up in the film. It's it's made it feel like two movies cobbled together, maybe even three movies cobbled together, uh, because we needed to make it two hours. Um, that being said. I really like a lot of the characters here. I like, uh, there is something inherently scary and interesting about mm-hmm. sharks. And like you said, having a giant one, it's just fun because of the destruction it can wreak and how helpless people are against something like that. Um, I, I just, I just think, I think it's pretty great in that aspect. And I really enjoy this film, despite a lot of my complaints here. Um, 
And so, yeah, it's it's a low to mid Gamera tier for me. It is nowhere near Gabra. Um, but, yeah, this is one I would recommend to people with the caveat that eh, the pacing is a little off. If you can forgive that, and maybe you have two nights to watch it, I would nice. recommend I doing like it, it that way. <laughs> All right, man. So what is next? I believe the next movie is mm. Big Man Japan, uh, which is going to be quite... The departure from the Meg. Let's see. Big Man Japan. Yeah, this will be interesting. Will we be a fan? Or. Oh, Eric, you either. Uh... Oh, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the rest of my rhyme. Oh, or does it belong in the can? <laughs> will it be so bad that we'll just have to Man. go on the lamb? There we yeah, go. There we go. Man. Teamwork this week. Makes Teamwork. the great work. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this. As, as always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. You can leave us feedback on this episode at mvmpod.com or email us at mvmpod at gmail.com. You can follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at mvm underscore pod. Become a bargain base my at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod. Receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. If you can't join at this time, a review or share always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Kama Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Cell Block B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, Instagram Connector, and you, the listener, as always, for listening. Until next time, don't forget that you don't, that you, oh man, I, fa- I failed on that one. <laughs> <laughs> don't use your missiles when you can use your your ship. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't use your missiles when you can use your ship. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, don't don't forget to count the number of sharks that escaped. <laughs> I don't know. That's always important. <laughs> and try, try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. Mafia, wake up, wake up. Oh no. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Yeah, Anaconda, right? Um... Ooh, uh, don't want no. none. Unless. <laughs> well, let's get into this, Alex. 